The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Abortion can be a difficult subject to talk about. For those with personal experience, it may bring pain and can be hard to make sense of. Welcome to Life After Abortion with Michaeline Friedenberg and Skylar Christensen. On our program, we'll offer a safe place to begin the conversation about abortion and provide steps to start healing. Now, here's Michaeline and Skylar. This is Michaeline, and we want to welcome you here today. And this is Skylar Christensen. Thanks for being here. We're so glad that you've chosen to join us. We realize that just when you even hear the word abortion, boy, that can bring up so many emotions, so much pain, Mm -hmm. um, so much confusion. Um, There's even so much right now going on in the political arena that's bringing it up that can really make this challenging. So Mm -hmm. we really Mm -hmm. thank people for tuning in right now. We realize how sensitive this is. Yeah. For so many reasons. And certainly uh, the reason that we would even be doing this show is because we know that so many people are personally impacted. Perhaps they've made that choice themselves, or maybe somebody in their life has made that choice. So we recognize that when we talk about abortion, it's something that's intensely personal. It can really bring up some painful memories and some painful emotions for them. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so true. I've I've experienced this personally a lot. Actually, I was just um, I was just out and I ran into somebody recently who I hadn't seen for a while, and and they were asking me what I did for a living now. And you know, that's always a <laughs> it's an interesting question to be asked. They're they're trying to make small talk, and and it's it's not a small subject when they ask me what I do. Um, so so you know, I, I talked about it. I talked about how we offer uh, healing resources for people who are dealing with the impact of abortion. And I can see their, their face changed as soon as they brought that up. And they, they obviously had something uh, personal, a personal impact there. And, and they brought up that they had a friend who was dealing with mm-hmm. this. And, and they said that this was, was something that, that was hard for them to know how to, to talk with their friend about. And, I noticed that when they brought it up, their voice immediately dropped a volume level or two. They, it, it all of a sudden wasn't something that they were comfortable talking about it at the same volume that they were asking me questions. It, it was obviously a very sensitive subject for them to be bringing up there. Right. And what, and what do you think that is? What do you think was going on? Well, I mean, when we're just in the middle of a public area mm-hmm. and the way that our culture talks about this, it's it's very taboo still a lot of the time. It's, it's not something that people really know how to talk about and they're not sure if it's okay to talk about. And so I think there was... 
there's the idea that they might be judged and, and not sure how by the people around them just for even bringing up a conversation about it. And, and because it's sensitive, there's, there's a lot of emotion there. And they're just, I think, they weren't sure if it was okay to talk about, if it was something that, that they shouldn't be bringing up right then, or it, it was just a little bit, yeah, right. confusing. Well, I can so relate to that. I, it, this is, although we have so many people who have been, been impacted, we're told that um, by the time a woman is 45 in the United States, about 3 in 10 will have had at least one abortion. And then, of course, there's a man that's involved, and then there's family members, and as you pointed out, friends that are impacted as well. And so, although there are so many people who've been impacted, we just truly don't talk about this on a personal level. We lack experience. We lack models. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, perhaps that's something that, that we can be doing and accomplishing in the next weeks is really starting to start that conversation because it's a conversation right now, as you said, is kind of taboo. Yeah. And we need to have permission to start that conversation. And I feel like this is a time where we can explore together and learn together because I think we're all still learning about this. How do you talk about abortion? How do you talk about personal experiences? How do we help others who we, either they've confided in us that they're hurting or maybe we suspect they are and we want to do something but we just don't know how to begin that conversation with them. Right, right. And I think a lot of the time, you know, with, with this subject in particular, we don't know what to say because in, in some ways we feel like there's there's a lack of a connecting point if it's not something that you've experienced yourself. We feel like there's not really that, there there's a, a gap that somehow you need to be able to get past before you can talk about it and help someone. So, you know, the question starts to become what where's the connecting point like how do you talk to someone who may be hurting who may have pain because of this where how how do you relate and I think you're you're bringing up that, that there's a lot of fear that's involved. So for somebody who wants to help somebody else, but then they fear, will I hurt them? Uh, we don't want to make things worse. And for the person who's hurting themselves, there's often a lot of fear as well. You brought up earlier mm -hmm. fear of judgment. And I think that's something that's something certainly that I can relate to and I because I'd like to, to, to share that. Maybe that kind of would help people to understand why why I, I'd even be involved in something like this. So for myself, back as a teenager when I was 18, found out I was pregnant. For me at the time, abortion was a really logical solution. And I knew that people made that choice. But I realized after I had the procedure that I didn't really know what it was like afterwards. I imagine that I'd just be able to kind of pick up and carry on with my life. And although everyone's experience is unique, for me, I just wasn't able to do that. I was so troubled by the, the things I was thinking about and the, the what ifs and, and wanted to talk about it, but at the same time had great fear to do that. I just thought of individuals and I kind of knew where they stood on the issue and I'm like, maybe maybe some people will dismiss what I'm going through. Maybe some people will judge me. And so the fear meant that for me, I kept that 
quiet. And I, that didn't help me to cope and to process with the emotions that I was feeling. And when I was able to finally reach out to somebody and had a great response, compassionate response, listened to me, did not judge me, was there for me, pointed me to some resources, and that's something that we'll be talking about throughout the show. We'll be um, actually highlighting a resource. We'll be doing that a little bit later in today's program, highlighting an online resource, and that's something that we'll do in each show. I think people are unaware that there are so many resources. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. I had no idea that there were so many resources that were available to me at the time. But going through that process and being able to, to process my emotions and process the pain, I came to the point where I began to realize, wow, I felt so alone, but I wasn't alone. Mm-hmm. And finding out that I wasn't alone and being able to break out of that isolation was so important in that kind of healing and processing. And so hopefully that's something we can accomplish too, is being able to tell others that they are, they're not alone, even though we often feel like we are. We feel like we're the only one. We feel like we're so isolated. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking as well, it might be good to, to talk a little bit about um, how we will, the, the types of things that we'll be covering throughout the next several weeks. So we'll definitely be starting each show with kind of like a, a big theme, a, a big topic. And in fact, that's something we'll be heading into probably shortly, really looking at reproductive grief and loss. In each show then, we also will be sharing, okay, so now that we have this information, like what do we do with this information? Right, right. And so, and I know for us, what we long to do is we want to be a safe place. We want to be a safe place for others. And so we'll be talking about that. And we've kind of dubbed that Skylar, right? We've called it our safe right. place tips. Right. So here are some tips. Here are some things we can actually do. And we'll be diving into that as well today. I already mentioned we'll be highlighting a resource because for most people, they're unaware that there are, there's a whole variety of resources which is great, right? One size right. doesn't fit all. And so knowing the different types of resources out there can really help us to be a safe place for somebody else as well and be able to direct them to maybe the services that they need. And then we'll definitely be inviting questions. So with this um, being our first show, we don't have questions today, but we're mm-hmm. really hoping that we'll have questions for next time. Um, in fact, I'm really looking forward to that. And we, in fact, I could say right now, we encourage people that you may have questions right now, and please send them to contact at abortionchangesyou.com. So. Yeah, yeah. Contact at abortionchangesyou.com. And if you want to like us on Facebook as well, you can keep up to date with us there. And that's going to be at Facebook backslash creating a safe place. It's Facebook backslash creating a safe place. That's our URL there. Wonderful. And that will be a safe place. Mm-hmm. Some place, a place that people can go. They can find some, some show notes and some resources that will be up there. And this is, again, a place, let's think of this time as let's, let's start the conversation. Let's explore and learn things together so that we can, I mean, 
we can be a help to other and others and we can begin to relate to where they are at and be able to communicate that you're not alone, your experience is real, your emotions are real, and then help us to, to delve into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the a big part of that conversation is realizing that there's no perfect way to have the conversation to you know a lot of people will be fearful to talk about this because they're afraid of saying the wrong thing at the wrong time which is going to happen it is going to happen because the same words mean different things to different people so when we're having this conversation to make it a safe place you need to be able to to have the conversation and say the wrong thing even sometimes but be willing to hear from the other person how maybe that was something that that was harmful or or maybe wasn't the perfect way to say it and be okay with that and be okay to take that step in the conversation and say okay I'm I'm sorry and and adjust your language even and and constantly be working on improving that language that you use in the conversation so you're saying we, we can do some trial and error here and, yeah, and that yeah. will be okay. And I think what I'm hearing too is you're encouraging people to be authentic. Because really yeah. we're talking about relationships. We're talking about things that are relational. And and of course in those relationships we care for the other person. So of course Definitely. it's really Definitely. important for us to be helpful and not hurtful. And yet at the same thing, nobody does this perfectly, as you mentioned, but part of being in an authentic relationship is we can be authentic and we can actually share that with each other and and we can practice together over, yeah, the, over the next few weeks and practice here in kind of our own little safe space and then we can begin to use that for others. So um, when we come back, Um, Let's dive more into the concept of reproductive grief and loss, because that's probably something that's fairly new to most people. And yet, Mm -hmm. as you already mentioned, sometimes we wonder, how can we relate? Where is that touchstone? Um, How can I have empathy in this situation? And I think that we can begin to build that by talking about reproductive grief and loss. And then, of course... We encourage people to send your questions, your comments to contact at abortionchangesyou.com. That's contact at abortionchangesyou.com. And you can like us on Facebook at Facebook backslash creating a safe place. Wonderful. Well, again, this is Michaeline. And Skyler. And we are so glad that you have chosen to spend some time with us today. And we are really looking forward to continuing our conversation about this very sensitive and very personal topic about how we are impacted by maybe our own decision to have an abortion or somebody else's decision, um, or perhaps we just have an interest in general. This may even intersect with someone's professional life. They may intersect with individuals. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We are bombarded daily with information about beauty products and anti-aging treatments. Do you know how they have been tested? 
Are they truly going to make a change or just take the change out of your pocket? Tune in to Shelly's Show and Tell with host Shelly Hancock. We'll bring you the top-rated skincare products and treatments tested by Real Transformation Skin Care Centers. We'll motivate you to make the best changes. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms, and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Life After Abortion. If you'd like to connect to the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is contact at abortionchangesyou.com. Now, back to Life After Abortion. Welcome back. This is Michaeline. And Skyler. We're so glad that you've chosen to be with us, um, in particular talking about such a sensitive topic, knowing that so many of us have been personally impacted by abortion. This Mm -hmm. is our safe place, and this is our place to start the conversation. And in fact, I had shared before some statistics. I'll I'll share that again. I think it's worth noting because so many of us are really unaware of that, and that is we're told that by the time a woman is 45 in the United States, about 3 out of 10 will have had at least one abortion. And then there's Mm -hmm. the men and the family members and friends who are impacted as well. And I've also found that when you bring up abortion, not only does it bring up these personal experiences and our emotions around our own decisions or the decisions of those closest to us, but it can also bring up other reproductive losses as well. So I think it's good to touch on that just a moment because about one out of four pregnancies um, will end in a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. And when I speak on this topic, whether it's on a personal basis, one-on-one, or when it's in in larger group settings, I will often hear people will share that this brings up memories of them of losses that they have had through miscarriages. Also, there's about one in 80 pregnancies that actually ends in a stillbirth. So the child 
survive. Um, that can bring up those memories, which you can imagine are so traumatic for yeah. those individuals. Um, perhaps somebody has relinquished a child through adoption, or they're struggling with infertility right now. We're told mm-hmm. about one in six couples right now are struggling with infertility. And so this can bring up a lot of emotions. They're desperately wanting to get pregnant. And and every month that pain is kind of new for them again when they realize that they aren't. And so it's just so complex. And then for so many women and couples, they might have a whole mixture in their reproductive history. Perhaps there's been an abortion and a loss through miscarriage. Maybe they're struggling with infertility, or maybe they now have living children. And so this makes it very complex, and and we want to acknowledge that, and I think it's good for us to understand that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and as you're saying those things, as you're kind of listing these, these different occurrences, these different situations, and you talk about how when the subject of abortion comes up, people can often start thinking about these other things that have happened to them. And I, I just wonder, well, what's that? Is there a common thread then that runs through them? What is that common thread? Because we don't, I don't think people are, are always associating those things with each other. Abortion seems like it's it's an isolated thing, but it seems like it's not actually when you're bringing these things up. So what is it that connects them all? What, what's the common ground there? And certainly we're not equating all of these yeah. together. I think it's probably good to be clear about uh, that. But, but yeah. certainly the commonality that I hear and that I see is loss. Mm-hmm. Um, there is loss. And so there is loss of, of the child or maybe the inability to have children. But there are other losses involved um, that occur. So in some studies, it shows that, that when there are these types of losses, that sometimes relationships don't survive those losses. We grieve in different ways, and sometimes in the way that we grieve and the pain that we have, or maybe we blame ourselves or we blame each other, sometimes those relationships, you know, they they end and then there's that additional loss of a relationship and then there are some other losses involved that we'll we'll talk with over the next weeks but I think sometimes certainly loss is that theme and it could be loss of the child or it could be some other losses as well that come in and I think as you mentioned we don't sometimes think about this in the terms of loss or as we say reproductive loss and when we talk about loss then grief enters in And yet, culturally, we typically don't really acknowledge those losses. And certainly not the loss in abortion, but we don't often do a great job of acknowledging really any of the reproductive losses. So it makes it even more complicated when our culture doesn't acknowledge it. And they almost treat this as a Mm non-event. And yet the people who are involved This is a significant life event for them. And then all of this creates an environment where they're really not given permission to grieve. Mm -hmm. And so they've had this loss. They've had the significant life experience. And then then what do you do? And how do you process that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, as you're talking about it, it does seem like that's just, it'd be a hard place to see that, you know, other people's situations of loss. Maybe someone's lost a, a parent or a family member. There's significant mm-hmm. loss there. And they see everyone rallying around them and, and caring for them and, 
and you know making meals for them things like that just just caring about that and, and seeing it as a significant thing and then there they are with this reproductive loss as you're saying and no one's rallying to them they feel a big loss they feel something but it's it's not being treated the same and so i i imagine questions can pop up like well am i wrong for feeling this way is it really not that big of a deal is this something that really is a very different sort of thing and and in one sense in multiple senses it it is a different thing but loss as that that underlying thread really Absolutely. And in time, we'll delve more into that if you're not given the ability to process and then that that grief and loss is something you tuck away, that can turn into all sorts of things that are are not healthy for that person or for relationships. And I was thinking as you were talking to last week was talking to one of our supporters who shared with me that he had just lost his father a couple Mm. weeks ago and so of course the first thing I said was I'm so sorry for your loss and he talked to me a little bit about it and then there's a sympathy card that's on my desk that I'll be signing today and I'll be sending that off to him right and those are those are the typical things that we would do I'll be checking back in as well just to see and to say I'm thinking about you and how are you doing and yet those are things Things that that we typically don't always do with a reproductive loss. In fact, when I had a, a family member who suffered loss through miscarriage, I mean, I did. I'm sorry for your loss. Was checking in, and then I went to get a sympathy card, and I couldn't find one. I couldn't find one that was appropriate for that loss. I eventually did. I found somewhere on the internet where I was able to order one. But I was thinking one out of four pregnancies are lost through miscarriage. And I couldn't go to the store and find a sympathy card to be able to send off to that individual. And I think it's just because we don't we don't think about it. We don't think yeah. about it in that way. And I think we, we do things and th- say things that we think are being helpful but yet, really, what it's doing is it's minimizing the right. loss and the grief that they're going through. And if this occurs when we're talking about loss through miscarriage, a loss that was unintentional, where this was a pregnancy where they were looking forward and planning um, to completion and having the child, how much more so when that loss is through abortion, when now our circumstances are different. For whatever reason, this decision has been made to terminate that pregnancy, but now we're left with individuals who are struggling and they're grappling and they're trying to make sense of it. And what do we do? Mm-hmm. In fact, I thought I wanted to share a few stories and we'll share some more when we come back and talk about this a little bit more. And I think that head into some some safe place tips would be like a really natural yeah, yeah. thing to do. Um, but before we even go to break, there was a, a story that was sent into the webs our website, abortionchangesyou.com, and we'll be talking a little bit more about that website before the show ends today but people can send in their stories anonymously and throughout the rest of this show I'm going to share a few of those stories that have been sent in because I think that's really going to help us to see of course everyone's experience is unique but um, there are some themes that run through so someone sent in just really simple just a few words and she said I had an abortion 10 years ago I was forced by my mom 
I didn't want to. Every day I think of my baby. Wow. And I do, I think, wow, 10 years. 10 years in this instance, we don't know what the situation is. Probably her mother felt like she was being helpful and this was the best thing that she could do for her, not realizing it would impact her daughter in this way. And then her natural support system, which would be her mom, is the person she feels had pushed her into it that cuts her off from that. And so this is a person who just in these very simple words is telling us her sense of isolation and feeling alone. And she thinks about her baby every day. Every day for 10 years. For 10 years. So glad that she was able to find a place that she could express that because that's very powerful. Um, That was probably very helpful and, and a step towards healing for her. So I want to invite people again, if they'd like to send us comments or questions, um, please send them to contact at abortionchangesyou.com. Speaking of being anonymous, if someone sends in a comment or question and they're okay with us discussing it on the air, but they do not want their name or anything revealed, um, please let us know that. This is a safe place, and we want this to remain a safe place for people to come. So you can send your comments or questions to contact at abortionchangesyou.com. And be sure to like us on Facebook, and that's going to be Facebook backslash backslash creating a safe place.com facebook backslash creating a safe place.com and that'll be a, a place where we can put some additional resources and some other things and and so it's something this can kind of be this dialogue between us and our listeners and if people have um you know content or things that they want to request this will be a great place for us to communicate So when we come back, we will be sharing some more stories and looking at some safe place tips and resources. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Transformational healing includes energy medicine as well as hands-on healing. Tune in every week to Transformational Healing with Dr. Bonnie Morrow. If you want to know more about the business and science of energy fields, chakras, and the medical and spiritual community, Join our expert guests as we work together to bring you closer to your personal health vision. Transformational Healing is heard live every Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. When a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it's probably the most frightening thing that's ever happened to her. Friends and family often don't know what to do for support, not to mention the patient herself. That's where Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio comes in. Join Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin, breast cancer survivors and advocates. They help by providing inspiration, information, and most of all, hope. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. If you aren't tuning in to the Health Cure Show, there's something wrong with you. No, I mean there is really something wrong with you. Each week, host Nicholas St. John emphasizes one key word, prevention. 
what you need to do to stay healthy, and more importantly, how. You'll learn about fascinating research and new protocols for healthcare that you'll want to take back to your doctor, as well as share with your family, friends, and co-workers. Take charge of your health. Tune in Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Listening to Life After Abortion. If you'd like to connect to the program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is contact at abortionchangesu.com. Now, back to Life After Abortion. Welcome. This is Michaeline. And this is Skylar. We're so glad that you have joined us here in, 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 our, in our safe place, in a place where we can start that conversation about how people are personally impacted by abortion, a place where we can learn together mm-hmm. and explore together. We were talking in in our last segment about reproductive grief and loss, and we ended it with sharing a really brief story that was sent in to abortionchangesu.com. And I think it would be good for us to, to share a few more stories from both men and women and, and family members. I think that really helps us to gain a better understanding of of what individuals may be going through because these stories are shared anonymously and it's it's clear from most of the stories that they don't have anyone to talk to about this. Perhaps nobody knows, maybe outside of their partner, that this had even occurred and yet they're carrying this around with them. So we could be sitting next to, walking by, talking to individuals who are carrying this deep pain with them and we would have no idea. Right. So I think it's really good for us to do that. So let me start with, this was a, a, a story that was sent in recently and she says, I have a seven-year-old son. I got pregnant with my son when I was 20 years old. I got pregnant again six weeks after I delivered him. When I took the test and it was positive, I was in complete shock. I had a newborn laying there that I had not planned, and I couldn't imagine doing it all over again so soon. I didn't give myself a chance to think it through. I immediately looked up a number to an abortion clinic, had to wait two weeks for my appointment, and went through with it. Now, seven years later, I still think about it. I think about the child that was mine, my son's brother or sister. I took his or her life away before it had a chance. I think about who he or she would have been. I miss someone I never knew because of my decision. Hmm. So this, again, just really brings up this complexity Everyone's experience is going to be unique. And I think that's, always, that's an important reminder for us. So each individual, the way we experience things will be unique. 
And so we're reading about, she's sharing her unique experience. And this brings up another complexity. So I think sometimes people imagine that perhaps uh, women choose to have an abortion before they have other children. (laughs) And where that that is, uh, I think that's the majority of the cases, but many times there are already children. And in this case, as we're reading her story, I mean, I could just imagine um, here I am, I'm 20 years old, I have a newborn, and I'm immediately pregnant again. Yeah. Certainly easy to imagine when she says she's in shock. And and so she makes this decision to terminate the pregnancy. And yet now she's finding herself in after that decision, something that she hadn't considered is how she would be emotionally impacted and probably didn't consider that her living child would be a reminder of the child that is missing. And that's something that I hear very often of men and women who share that, sometimes grandparents as well. So they'll be seeing their grandchild, grandchildren, but they know that there would be one more or there would be two more. And so you love these children. It doesn't diminish your love for them, but you could just imagine how this becomes your own child who you adore becomes a painful reminder. Right, and in, in this story, she made the decision when her her other child was young, right, very young. Yes. So then, watching this child growing up and and experiencing all of that, and knowing, well, it, there was that other chance. Yeah, that that constant reminder yes. that there would have been more. There there would be another one, like you were saying. And something that, and I think we can all relate to this, um, you know, little ones at some point typically get into, if they don't have siblings, they start asking for siblings. Perhaps they don't know what they're (laughs) asking, but they see friends with siblings or they think, wouldn't it be great? They imagine their friends would be like the sibling that's always in their home and they will begin to ask for a sibling. And that's something that I hear from individuals who they realize in their mind, they're like, well, you would have another brother or sister. Mm. Let me read another story. A woman wrote in and she said, I regret it with all my heart. It is the worst decision I ever made. I miss my baby. I miss him so bad. I have my twins four years old. Every time I see them, I see his face. I can't heal from this pain inside of me. No one but me. I shouldn't have done this. I feel terrible. I wish I didn't close my eyes on the anesthesia so I could have stopped it. I can't go back. It has been 10 days. And as far as I go, I can't feel better. I just should have protected him no matter what. I want to run after him and see where he went, but I can't. I have my kids to care for. I feel terrible. Mm-hmm. So in the previous story, in the previous two stories, one was 10 years ago, the other was seven years ago, and now this woman is writing in it was 10 days ago it was 10 days ago for her but again having her twins and so she's also needing and she's kind of saying it in here you can just kind of feel her her pain um throughout her story here 
and she's feeling this intense pain and this, and for her, intense regret. And yet recognizing, like, I have to pull it together. I have to be here for my children right now. And that's really, that's really a struggle. That's really hard to do. She doesn't share whether or not she has told anybody else. But the odds are she probably hasn't. Perhaps her, her husband or her partner knows about this. But it's unlikely that others know. So there's nobody to check in with her and say, how are you doing? Or could I take the twins for the day? Or can I bring a meal over? You know, what can I do? Right. And just talking about, you know, starting this conversation, what we've mentioned before with the way that, that people handle this topic. I mean, do you think that might have something to do with, with the fact that she, she likely hasn't talked to someone she likely didn't have anyone to talk to. I mean, it seems like as you can read in the story, she, it sounds like she's saying she has to stay strong even for those that she needs to take care of. Like it, it seems like there is no permission anywhere, not even from herself to grieve this because she's got a life that she needs to continue and carry on. Yes. Yes. And that's a good point. And in future programs, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about kind of our coping skills and our emotional bandwidth and, and what that means um, to maybe help if, if you're have someone who's listening and you are struggling with this. I think that kind of helps us to give ourselves permission to move through the process as we're able to move through the process. But it can also help each of us to know how maybe how best to support someone or give us a good indication of that as well. Before we go to break, I would like to read the story from the perspective of a man. And so this gentleman wrote in, he said, I am a male. I have been married 27 years. Before we were married, we had a split. And during that split, she got pregnant and had an abortion. And he says, even though I was not the father, I feel so sad, even to this day, 30 years later. I am so sad for this child that never saw the light of day because I was the one who left and broke her heart. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes when we talk about abortion, we often kind of think about the woman. We don't often think about the man And I think certainly we don't think about him in the context of having emotions around this. Right. And and this man is is expressing this this sadness, this loss, and loss for a child that wasn't even his own child. And and something that I'm I'm seeing in this story is that the loss is it's complex because there's a feeling of loss for the child and sadness for that, and there's also the guilt. Yes. over being the one who left. The loss isn't just about the terminated pregnancy. The loss associated with this is also that he had left his his now spouse and that the damage that that caused, and now he's grieving that damage that yes. that has to do with the child, but, but also doesn't. It's more than that. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's clear in just the, the brief story that he shares that he feels responsible he says, right, because um, I left her and I broke her heart. 
So he feels that this was maybe like a you know rebound relationship, and then she's in this crisis and chooses to have the abortion. So he's feeling this sense of responsibility. Sounds like he feels some guilt in this as well. So a lot, as you said, a lot. This is really complex. There's a lot of complexity, and you know I'm not sure how they're able to talk about it. If they're able to talk about it, it may be unwelcome for her. Perhaps this is an area that she doesn't want to go into. And yet here he is, decades later, and he's found a website abortionchangesyou.com and wanted to share his story as a way to make sense of that, as a way for him to process. So I'm certainly grateful that he was able to find an anonymous place to go. And then I just hope for this gentleman and for the other women, the stories that we shared, that in time that they can find somebody, at least one person, that they can confide in, that they can share this with so that not only are they telling their story, but they would see reflected back to them a validation of that. Mm -hmm. Someone who's compassionate, someone who's caring, someone who said, I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. I'm so grateful that you're sharing this with me. How can I support you? And so when we come back... I think that's what we should talk about in our, our last segment for this show. You can go head into a safe place tip and share a resource um, yeah. that can do that. So if somebody does share their story with you, that you can feel equipped, that you will be able to empathize with them and that you would be able to share a resource and then certainly if this brought up any questions comment a story you want to share anonymously please feel free to send that in to contact at abortionchangesyou.com and like us on facebook at facebook slash creating a safe place wonderful well We are so looking forward to going into this last segment of the show and really sharing now some practical things that that we can all hopefully begin to implement. Yeah, we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. On Therapeutic Approach to Growth, host Brooke Wagner showcases topics and experts that are of interest to the special needs community. You'll learn about advances in treatment, challenges, and solutions, as well as how to build and maintain trusting relationships with these amazing individuals who can teach us so much about ourselves in ways we never knew. Tune in to Therapeutic Approach to Growth live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. We are surrounded by crises, domestic violence, mental health issues, rape, suicide. Often, we feel alone if we are dealing with these issues ourselves, or we feel powerless to help others who are dealing with them. You don't have to feel alone. Listen for The Journey, Stories of Crisis and Hope. 
with Jessica Pirro. The show is an open forum to share and get advice from others and guest experts and begin or continue the healing process. Listen live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Listening to Life After Abortion. If you'd like to connect to the program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is contact at abortionchangesu.com. Now, back to Life After Abortion. Welcome. This is Michaeline and Skyler. Again, we're so grateful that you were here, in particular to talk about such a sensitive topic, but one that impacts so many of us. And I think that's something that we are often unaware of because culturally, we don't talk about our personal abortion experiences. And so in this last segment, that's something we wanted to to share, what we're calling our safe place tips. And, and really, we feel like the, the first tip and the one that I, as a discipline, actually remind myself of often is putting myself in the mindset of how prevalent abortion is mm-hmm. and how many people are impacted. And we shared those statistics, but I think we should share them again. Yeah. By the time a woman is 45 in the United States, about 3 out of 10 will have had an abortion. In fact, if you break that down, by the time a woman is 20, 1 in 10 will have had at least one abortion. By the time she's 30, 1 in 4. And then, of course, there is a man who is associated with each of these decisions. Mm -hmm. And then there are family members and friends who are impacted as well. Yeah, it ends up being so many people. I mean, as we we shared in some of the stories uh, just a few minutes ago, and and as I shared at the beginning of of this episode, when I was out and and I saw a friend who I hadn't seen for a while who asked me what I did. I mean, I there was a time when I wouldn't have have thought even of the possibility that that this friend of mine could have had an, a personal impact by abortion, but. As as we've seen, as Michaelines talked about the statistics, it's it's so many people. It's you really don't know who's been impacted. You don't know who around you has been. So when you're talking about this with people, when when the conversation about abortion comes up, you don't know who who's a part of that conversation who has been impacted significantly and personally and it it is a lot of people they're just there's so many you have no idea who it is absolutely and i this this weekend i was with a friend got to spend some time with her out of town and and we're just in the process of talking i had shared with her that 
in um, in one of the recreational workout activities that I do, it had been a place for me that I purposely didn't bring up mm-hmm. what I do for a living because I know how this can impact people. And so I wanted to be really sensitive to that. But one day in the locker room, one of the other ladies who is aware of what I do, and it was just after... Um, a book had been published, Changed, that I wrote, and we'll talk about that in a later episode. She proudly just announces to all the women who were there in the locker room, did you know that Michaeline just had this book published? And of course they said, oh, no. you know, well, what is it about? Right. And she tells them, and there was just silence. Silence. And I sat there thinking, oh, I've been outed. (laughs) But also, what does this mean? And then one of the other women broke the silence and said, you know, I had an abortion years ago and shared it with us. And then, I mean, the silence deepened even more. There were tears in my eyes. She started crying. Other people were there. There was just a whole gamut. I think people just wanted to escape. Other people were just uncomfortable. Others wanted to comfort her and didn't know how to comfort her. Mm. And then even a week later when I came back, somebody caught me outside the locker room and said, I want to share with you and then shared a loss that she had had, that she didn't feel comfortable in front of the group but something that this triggered for her. But she was also really grateful. She was grateful to be able to actually share this with Mm -hmm. another person. But so that's just a reminder. Now, the friend who had shared this in the locker room was mortified when the other woman shared her experience and began crying. She felt awful. She just wasn't even thinking. She wanted to say, hey, we support each other. And so I'm going to share this this as because we're all here and we're friends and we do this stuff together. And she then triggered all this pain. Mm-hmm. So that to me is a vivid reminder of we just don't know. Yeah, yeah. Who we're sitting next to, who we're talking to, who's overhearing our conversation, who may be impacted right. by abortion. So this is part of this safe place tip, just keeping in mind that the person you're talking to, they may have a personal impact. So so being careful about being sensitive to the topic and, and realizing that's a possibility, but also, as we brought up earlier, not being crippled by having to say the perfect thing yes. every time. yes. It's a conversation and it's about being authentic and about showing the other person that you care and you're, everyone will say the wrong thing sometime, but just being there, being there for that person, not worrying about being perfect, but being sensitive to it. Absolutely. And so, and just so so the really, again, this is just, it's a mindset right now because when we are talking to someone about whatever topic and we know that they have a personal connection with it, we do choose our words a little differently. Mm -hmm. Our body language is a little different if it's sensitive and we'll probably check in with them as well. Like, is it okay that I'm talking about this or how are you doing? So even getting, thinking of our own mindset, try to visualize times maybe in another topic when you know someone has been impacted or suspect they have, you're probably going to choose 
some different words that are there. So let's be mindful of our language. Not that we have the perfect words, as you said, but there are really loaded words that we could use. Let's stay away from the political jargon, the loaded things that are judgmental or come off sounding judgmental. And then if someone does share a story with you, abortionchangesyou.com is a place that they can go. And we'll talk more about that website in our next episode. But in the meantime, I certainly encourage listeners to go and to check out abortionchangesyou.com and become familiar with it. And we also uploaded a special resource onto the Facebook page. Yeah, so that Facebook page is Facebook slash Creating a Safe Place. And on our Facebook page, we have a couple images, uh, some some screen screenshots that walk you through the different things that we have on the, the website. It's a safe place to go. Just explore if, if you want to explore those uh, the different aspects of, yes. of the way to heal. So the resource you uploaded will actually kind of give people highlights and, yeah. and help to orient them to this resource and to this website. Yeah. And then that's something that we can discuss and actually go through together yes. in our next episode. But we didn't want to bring, start the conversation and delve into this and not leave people with something, a place they could go to or they could direct somebody that they care for to come to. So certainly if you have questions or comments, um, please feel free to email us at contact at abortionchangesyou.com. And like if, us on Facebook at Facebook slash Creating a Safe Place. Absolutely. And so next week when we come back, we will be delving in a little bit deeper and talking about grief and loss and what that process looks like, sharing another safe place tip, and then delving into abortionchangesyou.com as an online resource. And that's not the only resource, but that's a that's a good place for us to start. So thank you so much for joining yes, us thank today. You. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another edition of Life After Abortion next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember, we are here to help you.